Hello and welcome. What a splendid day. Welcome to Waffle Free Storytelling. It's Tina Constant here. And because the waffle is right at the end, we're jumping right into today's story, which is called A Skin That Fits. It's a story about Kamala. Now, Kamala was born small. People in the village always said she would grow. <laughs> of course she would, <laughs> but she didn't. <laughs> year after year, she remained shorter and slighter than any of her peers. So much so that when the time came for her to go on her very first hunt, there was talk from the chief's tent that suggested she should not. What if she trips over a twig and breaks a bone? <laughs> they all laughed. Or what if she fell into a puddle and drowned? Ah, funny. Kamala hid in the shadows and listened as the council toyed with her fate. Not being allowed on the hunt was inconceivable. There were no worse things that could happen to anybody. It would mean she would never be allowed to leave the village confines. She would be bound to apron strings her whole life. No matter how old she got, she would always be seen as a child in the eyes of everyone. For Kamala, not going on the hunt was impossible. It was unthinkable. So when the final words on the hunt came from Petwa, her very own brother, Kamala almost wept where she stood. She will slow us down, he said. She doesn't have the strength or the speed. The answer is no. Now, Petwa was Kamala's oldest brother. He was tall and powerful. He was strong and serious. He could wield an axe and a bow better than anyone in the village. For every one deer that anyone else caught, Petwa caught three. As a result, he had a seat on the council, which meant his words were to go unchallenged by all but one. <laughs> the one person who could challenge the decision of anyone on the council was Kamala's grandmother. She had been alive for more years than anyone could count. She knew more, she had seen more, she had lived more than anyone in their people's history. Now, it wasn't her age and wisdom that allowed her to challenge the council's word. <laughs> she just didn't care to stay quiet. <laughs> So on this day, she sat in the shade, weaving a bright-coloured basket from reeds she found on the riverbank, and she said, Kamala can go on the hunt when she finds a skin that fits her. Ah, everyone in the village sniggered just a little. You see, the skin of every animal killed to feed the village was kept. These skins were worn by the best, the biggest, the strongest on every hunt. Camilla couldn't lift one, let alone wear it. <laughs> Her brother smiled and agreed, knowing that his tiny sister would never manage such a feat. And at least he consoled himself. 
she definitely wouldn't be coming on this hunt. You see now, this was Petwa's first hunt as a council member. He planned to use it as a demonstration of his power and authority because on his return, he intended to make a claim for the chief's chair and a hunt that fed the entire village for all of winter would seal his success. With that decision made, he called an end to the gathering and the village prepared for the hunt. As the sun rose on the next day, every man and woman who qualified was up and dressed and ready to go. Each one had chosen a skin for the trip. A bear for strength, a leopard for power, rabbit for speed, a fox for cunning, a panther for stealth. Those staying behind lined the village square and cheered them on. All but Kamala. She stayed close to the shadows and she watched. She watched as the men and women, all tall and wide, puffed and preened. Dressed in tiger and viper and eagle, they leapt on their horses, brandished their weapons, grinned at the rest of the village, who shouted their blessings and wishes and safety from the Red Lion. Now the Red Lion, of course, was a thing of myth and legend. Few said they had seen it, but when pressed for details, they always changed their minds. Adults would never talk of it except in stories that they told to children of the great beast who could rip your soul from your flesh and the air out of your lungs. (laughs) As the story goes, if you look into the eyes of the red lion, your life as you know it will change forever. So, with blessings and good wishes being heaped upon the hunters, No one noticed Kamala follow in the trees, dressed in nothing more than a thin woolen tunic. She followed as close as she dared, never taking her eyes off her brother. As expected, that first day was a resounding success. Using every talent in his arsenal, Petwa alone caught more than the whole hunting party combined. Tonight, (laughs) he declared, we celebrate. (laughs) He ordered the camp to be set up and the fires to be lit and the biggest kill to be put on the spit. Kamala watched as the hunters laughed and ate long into the night. Some, her brother included, didn't put their head down to sleep until just before dawn. As a result, the second day of the hunt wasn't as full and fast as the rest. (laughs) Instead, the hunters ambled through the valley, they swam in the lakes, they ate and drank and napped. (laughs) We have tomorrow, Petwa said, 
and he grinned when he saw how much the other hunters smiled at him and agreed with him and loved him. That evening, the fires were lit early, and although the feasting wasn't as heavy as the night before, the hunters still stayed up late and talked and played games and picked meats off bones. Now the third morning came late for Petwa and his friends, mainly because the rain and the fog that had descended on the valley through the night was thick and cold and unforgiving. Feeling hungover and tired, the hunters searched the valley for animals that had been plenty in the previous two days, but were now hiding in bushes and were difficult to find. By sunset, they were frustrated and angry, but not at the rain and the fogs and the animals who were hiding in the forest. They were angry at Petwa. It was he who approved the feasting. He had kept them up the previous night talking his foolish plans. With the rain coming down in floods, they counted the number of kills they had made and realized they had nowhere near enough to feed the village for even half a winter. It didn't take long for Petwa to hear the whispers and the criticisms, and he was quick to throw them back, which led to an argument between the hunters that had them turning on each other with such ferocity that soon faces were bleeding and bones were cracking. Kamala watched them fight, and she would have left them to it if she hadn't noticed a movement in the bushes. She took a step closer. She hunkered lower. Then she froze where she hid, forcing every muscle and breath to be silent. It was the Red Lion. The stories were true. The beast was twice the height of a rhino, twice the width of a bull. It had twice the power of any bear, with teeth sharper than flame and fury, hotter than hell. The hunters were so absorbed in their arguments that not one of them saw the red lion watch them from the hilltop. They didn't see it stalking them through the long, dark grass. They didn't see it lay low beside the baobab tree and snarl. Only Kamala saw the great beast as it stared, unblinking at the bickering humans. And then, just like Petwa and the hunters had done on the first day, the red lion waited until they were most distracted and pounced. Petwa and his friends had no chance. The red lion was too big. The red lion was too fast. But before they could look up from their squabbling, it was on them. It was then that Kamala ran from the trees. She waved her tiny hands. She stamped her tiny feet. She grabbed a burning branch from the fire. And with every ounce of fury and strength and passion and love and devotion she had for her family and her people, 
She ran at the red line, setting his mane ablaze. For a moment, Kamala's eyes stared deeply into the red lion's. And in an instant, it seemed that words passed between them. They were not words that the red lion liked. With flames ripping through his hair, he chased Kamala through the trees along the river and right to the top of a raging waterfall where others would have shied away. Kamala leapt. Light like a bird, she flew, swinging from rock to vine through the spray. The red lion, with his weight and mass, thick mane, claws and teeth, couldn't stop himself. He slipped on the rocks. He crashed into the pool far below, scaring so many fish out of the water. By the time Kamala landed on the riverbank, it was teeming with enough catfish, redtail, and mudfish to feed the people for two winters. <laughs> well soaked and scorched and beaten, the red lion disappeared into the forest, leaving Kamala, small as she was, standing face to face, shoulder to shoulder, eye to eye, with her brother and the hunters. <laughs> the story of how Kamala tricked the red lion reached the village even before the hunters returned. To welcome back the hero, great fires were lit, celebrations were prepared, all in honor of Kamala, who had stared into the eyes of the great beast and had won. In recognition of her new status, the chief spread out every skin for Kamala to choose from. The bear, the fox, the mighty elk, the wolf. Everyone waited in silence to see what she would choose. Only Kamala's grandmother, still weaving her basket, smiled when Kamala said, Thank you, but my own skin fits me fine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you beautiful human beings. That's it from Waffle Free Storytelling. <laughs> I hope you have just the most splendid day, the most splendid week. Uh, you know I'm going to tell you to go and hug the people you love. And <laughs> if there's someone you've had a disagreement with, get in touch, patch that up. Uh, most important, uh, do something wild and adventurous that just takes you into the world a little more. Um, and drop round to www.tinaconstant.com for more stories and all the rest of the shenanigans. So uh, have a glorious week. I will see you next time. Bye-bye <laughs> now.